0: episode is a continuation of 7 with Debbie Pearson the owner of Care For, that's C-A-R-E capital F-O-R and we'll have links to that in the show notes so we had a conversation earlier and we are just continuing with Annie Colt Ty Tyree co-hosting and Debbie Pearson as guest so let's ask the first question Debbie I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to try it anyway. Why are you doing this? Care for is C-A-R-E, and then the word for, F-O-R. Because it could be care for. Or Number or, four, or, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Now it's C-A-R-E-F-O-R, one word.
0: One word. Okay, yep. care for.
1: And we're in Austin, Texas.
0: All right. We will have links to care for and... <laughs> Uh, the blueprint, certainly uh, In the show notes Great So the people who've heard this and say You know, maybe I'll look at that That they will have an opportunity to go look at But let's back around to my question um, I think I heard you say it But why are you doing this? You're spending an awful lot of your time on this And I suspect you're not getting rich
1: yeah. Well, it depends on how you define rich Thank you there's a wealth of spirit, and it simply feeds me. I had, I didn't have any plan for when I would stop working, but I can't stop. It feeds me. It makes every day worth living. We have a large family, and family is first, but family doesn't take up every minute we've got. We've got a wonderful, tolerant husband. My goodness, he's marvelous. Three children, eight grandchildren. But they have their busy lives. And they're first. But then there's a lot of free time to interact with people that mean something, that I care about and form relationships with. I'm a very introverted person, very quiet, never grew up with friends. So it's my patients and my families and the people that cross paths because of this work. And that's my community.
2: I understand that. I form bonds and friendships through shared passion work. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Or at least work, you know. Yes, it's always great to have some wonderful friends to just hang out with, but it can get pretty old if there's not purpose behind it,
1: for me. I think each of us are different, but to me the most frightening thing I can think of doing is walking into a big room of strangers. Mm.
2: See, I can do that very well. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, I wish I could. (laughs) But it's so hard. Unless they're people in the same field and we have the same passion and we care about the same things and we have a dialogue to exchange, then it's easy. But let's say just a world of strangers that come from different fields, unless they're prepared to talk the whole time, that's really hard.
2: I want to go down a different road, though. When you first came in to the studio, you mentioned some of the things you and your husband are doing to prepare or as part of your aging
1: process. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I can. Um, First of all, we did our blueprint. We have everything done, and we are the poster children of the blueprint. We meet with our children every year. We update what's going on, what's changed. We do all of this in pencil so we can erase it and change and like change the contact for our accountant and who our lawyer is and our doctor changed because our regular one had the nerve to retire
0: Oh, isn't that terrible?
1: Oh, was just horrible. Just horrible. (laughs) So we got this younger guy, and he's absolutely fabulous. But things like that change from family meeting to family meeting once a year. So we did all of that. We have lived in one house, the same house. The children are out and gone. All the grandchildren are around. And... We looked at what we want our children to be responsible for and what we don't. And we explored them not being responsible for us relocating when we can't safely live at home alone. So we went to, Hank and I went to one of these continuous care, retirement, communities. It has all levels of care. And Hank is like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be sitting on the porch in a rocker with a shotgun and no one's going to get me out of my house. So I said, well, just come with me because I have friends and patients who live at these places and I want you to make an informed decision. So we went there and he listened to it. And he listened to their expansion plans and the fact that the community is owned by the residents, not by someone else that can come and change hands, but resident-owned community. And he liked what he heard. So we went back for another meeting, and he liked it even better. And they have some plans down the road for expansion and new apartments we signed up. They gave us a three to five year window till it'll be built out. We signed up and we are going to make this move. We're going to be the ones that will pack up our house. We will decide what we want, what we don't want, what goes to kids, what goes to Goodwill. We'll have the old estate sale while we're still alive and we will move into an environment so that when we need the help and when we need the care, our children will not have to be drafted into service in an emergency. We'll have all the levels of care there. Now what's interesting is it took us a little while to get our heads around it and do it, run all the numbers, get everything to work. And when I started telling people, they looked terrified. What was I not telling them? Mm. Did one of us have a cancer diagnosis? You know, was our little forgetfulness with some of our memory advancing dementia that we could see we were headed towards a collision course? Why would we do this? And we made this decision last year, and it's taken probably six months for people to talk about it without trying to talk us out of it. Hmm. it's a decision that we've made probably more from a desire. Well, it's two desires. One is to to make that stage, whenever it happens, because it will, make that stage less onerous to the kids. And the second reason is we want to be in control of it. And right now, we still can control it. If we delay it, until one of us is faltering, then all the control and the burden will fall to the other one or to the kids. So it feels good, a little scary. Didn't think we'd do this, but it makes sense. So I'll share the
2: experience. My younger brother and my older brother are in um, three-stage Facilities. My older brother; they moved into um, a duplex. However, he was a good ten years into Parkinson's, Mm -hmm. or even fifteen years into Parkinson's when they did that. He's now in a hospital, and she's got dementia that happened very fast. And her mother had been gone through the same facility. So, and it's an upper expensive one and then my brother who lives in Florida where there's a lot of choice I haven't seen their facility I am assuming knowing his economics that it is not an upper level one however they went in and they're so active and they call it the campus and they're creating the friendships and the activities and so forth to make it a real community for them yeah
1: I think it's a very very good decision and part of the work that we do in my company is help people with relocation and making those big decisions many times children will call us and ask us to go in and do an assessment of their parents or their one living parent and ask us to put together an assessment and recommendations that's what we do with so many people that they can stay in their home and wait or have to bear the burden of 24-hour care, which is very, very expensive, or they can be a little bit ahead of the curve and make that decision. And typically people will not do it until they, like your brother, or have some disease that makes it really the only logical step but that's that's why we live in a wonderful country where we can make those decisions the hard part is the kids that that lie in wait for the pending disaster to hit and then it's the children's disaster
0: i feel i'm very uncomfortable with this conversation on one one standpoint is there are an awful lot of people in this country and certainly in this city who can't make that choice because they don't have the finances. They don't have the, the background, the history that lets them make that choice. What do you do about them, Debbie?
1: They're still the same families that need the evaluation Because when you assess the situation of what's going on, if you do this from a professional doing it or the family sitting down, it's a matter of getting it all out on the table. And that's why you do planning. If someone doesn't have the resources Mm -hmm. to support that, and let's say their house is paid for and that is their only asset, then you get with financial person to look at that and see what it means. Is that um, selling the house and turning it into some income to pay? What is the best solution? But I can tell you for a fact, the best solution is not waiting for the disaster. There are plenty of alternatives, some more appealing than others, but waiting for the disaster to hit is not ever the best solution.
2: Okay. <clears throat> I live I lived at Wildflower Terrace. The first five years I was in Austin. I think you're familiar with it. It's a couple blocks away. It had just opened and it's a fifty-five plus building. They've now lowered that restriction for some reason, and it's 85% affordable. And certainly there are many people that I know there who are staying there and die there because they cannot afford to move anywhere else. So there's a real segment of the population that have experiences like that. Wildflower Terrace is probably, if you're going to have that, is one of the nicer ones to, to have. Many of these people are in Wildflower Terrace because it brings them closer to their family geographically. And there
1: are options for people with all levels of income in terms of government-supported agencies that can provide additional services, whether it is a caregiver, whether it's medication, transportation. There are options. But sometimes you have to go on a waiting list for your number to come up And, again, that's why if you do it in advance of the crisis, maybe your finances aren't going to change, but your health will. So if you explore what financial supports are available to you, then that could be an option when your name comes up on the list. But it may take a year of waiting.
2: When we were all new in this building, and the great number of us moved from either outside Austin or even outside of the state, and there was no social worker. If you've lived in a city long a long time, you kind of is get more familiar with what's available. And it's the first time I really stuck my neck out in this community was to help get a social worker for that building because they just said it wasn't in the budget. Did you make it happen? Yes. Good for you. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. She, yes.
0: Like she said, she can walk into a room filled with people and not be uncomfortable. And she will talk to anyone.
2: Not always. I have to be in that frame of mind, you know? Right. Yeah, because I have a strong introvert side also.
0: Yeah, but she, you know, we're out riding on our trikes and we look up and they're doing a. Uh, the groundbreaking for the Texas Mutual Insurance Company here in Miller. They're moving their headquarters here. Wow. And so we just go over and barge into the groundbreaking, and he grabs a present and says, I want to sow some seeds and starts talking to him about one of her dreams. And at the end of his com- her conversation, he looks her in the eye and says, Seeds sown. Oh. So she, she does that. She does it well. And it uh, it's nice to have. I'm I'm. Not, I'm more like you than I am like honey on that one.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness there's differences between us. Yeah. Because we need the rainbow. Yes. Of people.
0: So you've got one more chance to say one more thing that is really important to somebody or not, but something that you feel like maybe we've missed today that you can get out there and... We are going to the point where it looks like we may well break this up into two sections. Okay. And do two because pres- two, two we're at we're at about 45 minutes, which gives us two 20-minute sessions. And that's not all bad. So just this is the highlight of the second session.
1: I think one of the... One of the challenges I continue to have, and I keep redesigning how I convey the solution, is the children that call and they can see so clearly what needs to happen for their parent. It is crystal clear, and they know the answer, and they can't get the parent to go along with it. And they want me to provide them with the magic words to make it happen, And they're bringing their thoughts and their expertise instead of taking what they know of their parent, how they can honor them, how they can do a credible job to their parent in getting to know them and figuring out the best solution for the parent, not the best solution for the child. And so I've redesigned that time and time and time again, and I'm doing it again because there's gotta be some magic there somewhere to open up that part of the brain to say, this is a whole lot bigger problem to your parent than it is to you. So that's where the focus needs to be. And, you know, as the family caregiver, Giving personal care for your parent is about knowing the person, not knowing you, knowing that person and what you can do for that person. So that continues to be a challenge. And I have given, I've opened some eyes, but there are a lot that have never opened.
0: You must be so pleased with what you're doing the the work you're doing and it must just give you great joy
1: oh it does it does it is my career, the nursing the people I work with, the company that whole group is my fourth child it truly is and it's fun to watch it grow and do wonderful things but it also is plenty of times where we stub our toe and we wish we had been able to do a better job, but mm-hmm. that's that's when you're dealing with people instead of widgets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well put, well put. So we Stay. met
0: your children, I believe, didn't we, some of them?
1: You met my daughter
0: okay, uh,
1: and son-in-law. So you met a third of, of the real children, and then you right. met the fourth child the company.
0: The company oh, great <laughs> okay so the session that we had was uh four sessions yes two hours each eight hours now what have you done you've adjusted your program
1: we've adjusted it to two three-hour sessions and i think that that has worked fairly well um we considered doing a saturday all day But I think it would be too much, too heavy. It's interesting the last time how I talked so comfortably about medical and decisions and how you would want to be supported and what you would want and what you would not want. And some of the feedback I got, it was incredibly valuable, was that was really hard Those are not easy things. We'd never thought about it before. We'd never looked at it in relation to our own lives. And that was too hard. So it it was an education for me that I need to go tread more softly onto that um, so as not to frighten people where they can't think about it. And then I had one remarkable man in the the last uh, group who told me in no uncertain terms he didn't need to deal with that piece of it because he would never die. And I thought he was kidding. But he repeated it enough times where that was his plan, to never die. So. Wow, I don't great. know what to say about that. I think that's a great place to end it up. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, Debbie Pearson, RN, what a joy this has been. This has just been so delightful. I'm glad you agreed to come sit with us and share your work with us and what you take out of it.
1: Well, I appreciate you giving me the voice. Thank you. Thank you.
0: When I was considering doing a podcast, I had no experience and in fact was a raw novice. I decided that I needed some help and started searching for a smartphone and or tablet app that could help. I found the Anchor site. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. I downloaded the app to my tablet and started using it. I found Anchor includes most of the things I need, including recording my voice, music clips, and sounds. The best part of Anchor for me is it lets me assemble the various pieces of my podcast in a graphic way and then rearrange them. I can also use Anchor to post my finished product to many different sites so people can listen to my podcast wherever they get their feed. If you're thinking about podcasting, you should at least check out Anchor at anchor.fm. That wraps up another Growing Older podcast. Hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned some things to help you age well. This is Preston Tyree signing off.